Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook. Let's dive in. Often what I see in this allergy, food sensitivity, chronic disease world is that families are resistant to changing their habits. They don't want to quote unquote, have to suffer because someone else can't eat X, Y, Z. There are so many problems with this line of thought. One is that the burden it places on the person, usually either a spouse or a child who has absolutely no choice in the matter of what they can and cannot eat is pretty unfair. It's not like it's a preference. Two, the risk of cross-contamination is huge, and the one with no choice is the one who suffers the consequences. There are more, but I'm not going to dive further into that. Today, I have a friend of mine with me, Adrian. He is going to share his story with food allergies and the accommodations he made for them when they weren't his own personal restrictions. I don't think this side of the story is shared often enough, and I'm thrilled he's going to share it today. Uh, Adrian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Marion. When you first shared your story with me, you mentioned that you started in a place where you did not take food allergies or sensitivities seriously, but now you do. Would you please share with everyone where you started? Absolutely. And you were spot on. I did not take it seriously at first. Uh, so in about 2002, you started hearing about peanut allergies everywhere, or at least I did. And that was all the rage, people claiming to have these allergies with no substantial reasoning. I ate it once and then threw up. I didn't feel good afterwards. So I must be allergic. Like I've literally had friends who's like raised their children thinking that they had a peanut butter jelly sandwich and they threw up because they were running in the yard so they can't have peanuts. A little bit more personally, I, uh, I was dating a girl at the time, let's call her Linda, who was deadly allergic to peanuts. So much, in fact, that when I got corn nuts from the Circle K gas station, you know, shout out to the ranch flavor. Don't ever stop making those things. Linda got really upset because how could I get nuts? I explained it was not actual nuts, just the name of the product. And she was like, okay, cool, but don't eat those because it says nuts. Like it goes to show like how serious this was to her. So one day Linda had dinner with my folks and my mom made mole. I think nothing of this except delicious. Turns out she thought the same thing. Loved it. It was not until a few hours later, it dawned on me. Oh, right. Mom uses peanut butter in her mole. Also, sorry for spilling your secret, mom, but it's part of the story. But this girl had no reaction, nothing. And that was like my first real experience with someone with allergies. I'm going to interrupt you because as somebody who has like an allergy child, like that is so scary. Like, that could have ended badly. Yeah, no, it's obviously not a great experience, but also it it kind of shaped everything, right? Because someone who is so allergic to nuts that I can't have corn nuts, but could have a generous amount of peanut butter with no reaction, 
but clearly like right. the alpha male in me like that mentality came out hardcore the whole it's all in your head which is something i think most people with allergies have probably heard far too many times i would agree with that so we'll we'll fast forward a little over a decade and i meet this girl uh she's a client scandalous i know who has celiac disease and to possibly reveal too much about her. I was doing a medical record review of her at the time and it was not mentioned in her medical records anywhere. A doctor's note here and there about chronic upset stomach, but nothing with any more emphasis. So we go on our first date and beforehand, she informs me that she's gluten-free and has a long list of allergies, long, eight, count them, gluten, dairy, eggs, nuts, soy, yeast, mushroom, and vinegar. So I kind of disregard it and don't think much of it. I won't curse on here to give you an explicit rating, but I was kind of an a-hole mentality about it. Like not openly because she was strikingly beautiful and I was aware I was punching above my weight class. So I'm not going to ruin that opportunity. But I, you know, mentally I was like, well, this is all nonsense, but I let her choose the restaurant. As it turns out, Maggiano's has a scratch kitchen and is very good with allergies. We got a salad to start with just olive oil, salt, and pepper as a dressing, the salmon with a side of spinach and garlic for her, and the chicken with a side of broccoli and garlic for me. Uh, stressed very strongly with the waiter about what's going on, and they sent out the chef who not only made everything for us, but also took the order. And no problems. Meanwhile, again, a whole mentality that of course she's fine, because this is all just nonsense. Uh, for dessert, I brought us cookies from a special bakery, a flying apron for those of you in the Seattle area. Also, they should totally like sponsor your podcast. That's a discussion for another time. But that was the end of date number one. Date number two didn't involve food, so that was an easy one. Date number three, she invited me to her place for pizza. I say pizza with air quotes because it's a gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free pizza. And uh, I can't lie to you or your listeners, like, I was not excited to eat this, but again, I'm outwardly trying to be a nice guy. She doesn't need to know I suck as a person, like just yet. Oh, she and I are in that same boat. Yeah. It's not pizza, but you try. You got to try. So she drives 40 minutes one way to get the pizza, 40 minutes back to her house, and then she bakes it. Now it's worth the drive because they make the dough in a dedicated kitchen and dough without yeast is like a it's a sight to behold. Like you need that stuff to make dough rise. Otherwise you're just getting a cracker. (laughs) So we're on said date. We're eating in maybe 10 minutes into our meals tops. And she asked me to leave. Now I think my ruse is up. This nice Christian girl has seen through my disguise. I said something without realizing it. She is very polite yet adamant. You need to leave now. So I found out the next day she had a reaction to the pizza, which is confusing for her because she had it before. It's made into this dedicated facility. It's confusing for me because this is all not real nonsense. So, okay. She, uh, she calls them and finds out they changed the recipe and started adding yeast a few weeks ago. Now, mind you, she didn't know this. She thought this was a safe meal for her and it was not. But it also kind of opened up my eyes. Like, here's this girl I didn't believe who had a reaction thinking she was entirely okay to eat this. So it can't necessarily be in her head. She didn't know. Linda didn't react to the peanut butter because she didn't know the peanut butter was there. So she didn't know to react. Whereas Lois reacted without knowing why she reacted. Like that to me is a genuine concern and was kind of a wake up notice that maybe I should take this seriously. It can't be in your head if you didn't know. 
It's actually pretty awesome that you decided to take it seriously because plenty of people will still dismiss it even afterwards. Like, oh, it was all in your head. You just want attention. You know, it's not as bad as you say. You're just being drama. I've heard it all. Some people I know have actually confided in me that they went out of the way to prove that it was fake and and believe that you're making it up. It's pretty crazy. So you get to this point. What happened from there with this lovely lady? So eventually I started cooking for her at my place. So I had like plates, utensils and cookware that were dedicated as hers. Like even my roommate, like we bought like this obnoxious red color. Like it was very clearly like leave these items on this shelf alone. So that went on for about a year and then we got married. So you get married, move in together. So that's going to be a huge lifestyle change because before that you're still eating the way that you want to eat, but then, you know, you have food allergies coming into your home. So can you share with us what lifestyle changes you made to accommodate that? And like, just what did that look like? What did that feel like? Was it something you were willing to do? Yeah. Like, obviously you have to make those adjustments, right? Otherwise it's just going to be a miserable experience. So dishes and silverware, that's cool. Cause you know, the dishwasher to the rescue, but then again, not so fast. So you got to make sure the dishwasher detergent is safe for stainless steel cookware. I cleaned them with a baking soda and vinegar paste that I kind of got into stainless steel. Cause if there's a little crack, you want to get everything out of there, ran those through the dishwasher, non-stick stuff went right in the garbage right away. Also just being mindful of shampoos, laundry detergent, hand lotion, sunscreen, blah, blah, blah. If it's in the house, you got to check it. And since I was the primary person to do the groceries and the Costco shopping, I was the primary person to do, you know, the checking. So that's in the house. But then there's the concern of when you're out of the house. I went out for lunch every day because that was my meal to eat like a shameless goat, which meaning I can eat whatever is put in front of me, right? You set it there and I ate it. But when you got home, you have to make sure you wash your hands, brush your teeth, disinfect your mouth. I actually used to keep those like one-time use toothbrushes in my car. Because if we were to go out, out and I had something with gluten, a beer or we're with friends or whatever, I would clean afterwards in the restroom, it's restroom before leaving. Like even a kiss could be deadly, which I kind of feel like makes me a Bond villain. If a kiss could kill, that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a big shift for sure. I love that you mention all of the places that these allergies can hide because most people think it's just food. But if you go back and listen to episode 30, I go into depth where like all of this stuff hides. It was specific to gluten, but you'd be amazed at just what is in body products and dish soap and laundry detergent. And yeah, you have to, if you're going to eat something, you have to disinfect your mouth if you want to kiss them. Otherwise they're going to get sick. That's how serious this stuff is. And again, I love that you took it seriously because I know so many spouses who don't, and it just really interferes with the quality of life of, and the relationship. Let's talk more specifically about someone who does not have to be gluten-free going gluten-free as a family. Like, I feel like a lot of families would be like, you have your food, you have your dishes, you have all your stuff. And then I'm going to eat this at home. So you did say this, like you ate gluten-free with her. Yeah. At the house I, I did mostly, you know, obviously making two meals like, or having two sets of silverware or two sets of whatever, it just one, it's kind of insulting towards the other person. Like here I am with what I would call a pizza and there's you with whatever that is. Like that's, 
that's not that's not fair to anybody and nobody likes that um obviously there were exceptions right every now and then i had the guys over to play games or whatever and in that instance we would have disposable plates disposable cutlery order takeout food and keep everything out of the kitchen like she got uncomfortable if if the boys even went in there so they didn't like i'd have the garbage easily accessible in the dining room a bar cart and grab them whatever they needed from the fridge because it's weird to be like hey homie put down that pizza wash your hands and then you can go grab a beer from my fridge and come back because you had that pizza you touched that door handle you maybe moved something in the fridge to get to that beer and everything you're touching with your flower hands you're just now contaminating everything so to figure everything out you may have touched like it's just not worth it i'll just do it for you yeah that's that's what we do too like it's really the absolute best way to prevent cross-contamination. And I need to be a health coach for a moment. Um, this is not the only way it is just the safest. The other options that I mentioned would be to have two sets of everything, knives, cutting boards, toasters, sponges, prep spaces, disinfect the kitchen and the dining spaces and the door handles constantly. And I know families that do it and that's what works for them, especially in families that have kids that have multiple different food allergies. Like you find a way to make it work, but this is absolutely the safest way. There's no judgment, but you do have to keep in mind that like, yeah, like the sticky door handles and the, the jars and all that stuff, like there's enough that it can cause a reaction. All right. So now let's talk about how you handled holiday events, especially those with lots of people. Cause here you mentioned game night or, you know, stuff with the guys. And then now let's talk about holidays. Cause those are just a completely different level. There's a, that's another level of challenge. Oh, holidays are a weird mix. Cause you know, the guys are adults ish. Um, but you know, but like, cause you see your family at holidays, you want to participate specifically with the kids. Like kids are so excited at holidays. But you also don't want to have the kids who just ate Thanksgiving dinner playing with you and rubbing their hands in your face or getting on your clothes or whatnot, because that's great. You had fun with the kids for a couple hours and now you're going to be miserable for a week because you got contaminated or gluten, as I like to call it all the time. Uh, for meals, like so holiday meals, I would I used to prepare something ahead of time, her own Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas roast or whatever. And we'd bring a single serving with us so she could eat. But then it would lead to having to use the oven or microwave to heat things up. And then other people are also using it because you're making meals for, you know, a dozen people. So it just got a little dicey. So what ended up happening is I would prepare a meal that was intended to be eaten cold. And that's what she would eat. And then the following day, I would make the holiday meal just for us. So two people, one turkey. It lasted. That's, that's a lot of Turkey. So this is similar to what we do. Um, Brielle's little, she's nine currently. And, you know, we've been gluten-free since, oh, you know, when she was like eight weeks old, basically her entire life. And we do not isolate her. You know, obviously we keep our home as safe as we can. Um, when it's my family hosting the events, everything is safe for us. If it has dairy, which is for me, it is announced now, when she goes to events with her dad's family, there are zero accommodations made. Um, so typically he will pack her a picnic, same thing, bring it in like a warm insulated bag, or he'll wrap it in like something like parchment paper or something and reheat it that way so that she can, our goal with her is that she can participate as equally as possible. Like she's already different. She's already terrified at these events. So like 
being different, especially being nine, like she just, we want her to be as equal as possible. So those are some of the things that we do. And then when it comes to like birthday parties and barbecues, I have like the most amazing friends. They will typically have a dedicated gluten-free table for us. That's been sanitized and all this, you know, they, they handle their food like with gloves on. And then they make this big announcement specifically. I'm thinking of my friend Mo. Um, She will literally like get everybody's attention and be like, you touch this food, you die unless you're gluten-free for reals. Like do not touch this table. And it's always like really good stuff because I like to bring food. Um, So everybody's kind of like, meh, but I don't care. Like it's safe for us. (laughs) And that's like really, really important. There's, there's definitely different ways to handle it. I, you know, if you're older and you don't mind eating cold food, that's great, but there's other ways around it too. It just depends on your comfort level. Let's talk about traveling. Did you travel and what accommodations would you make? Um, Traveling together was a challenge and a very expensive one because you eat out every single meal, every one of them. And there are definitely different ways you could have done things. There's different, you know, Airbnbs and this and that. But her comfort level was to find a restaurant and just eat there. So usually what would happen is we'd find that one restaurant and we would eat there exclusively throughout the entire vacation. Like that's how eating out just worked for us on vacation or even at home. Like at home, I mentioned we went to Magianos. We went there so much. They programmed a button in their system that would print her order with all of her allergies. So like she could just tell the waitress, click the button had her name. She'd be like, click the lowest button on page three. And that's my order. And it was always so funny because the new waitresses were so confused and they're like, that's not a thing. Like, I don't understand what you're saying, but inevitably, yeah, turns out it was. Um, the exception was if we were going to go visit my family. Kind of, I would, like you said, I'd buy a cutting board and a knife and all the aluminum pans you could think of and make her food, right? If my mom was using the stove, I'd use the barbecue as an oven. If she was using the, this, I would use that. Like you would just find alternate ways to cook her food or you would very rarely be able to cook the whole meal that way. And then she would just serve herself first before everyone else with their contaminated hands just got through everything. That's what we do too. I always serve Brielle and I first, like we get in there like, and so I grew up in a very large family. I have like 64, like cousins and like first cousins, second cousins. And, um, so we'd always have these big barbecues. So you always go in first, you can actually get food. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a blessing because nowadays I'm like, I don't care if I'm at on my own family barbecue or someone else's like, I like, I'm the first one. I'm the one that breaks the ice and I get our plates and I usually <laughs> overfill them. So we don't have to go back. Like I'd rather have too much than not enough. Um, especially if, you know, I didn't pack a picnic, which is pretty rare, but it's still, even at my house with my parents, like the nieces and nephews, like they get into the pantry and they have their own gluten stuff and you just never know. All right. I want to talk about how we travel. I usually pick places to stay where I can bring our own food for most meals. Eating out actually makes me incredibly nervous. Like here in Phoenix, we're one of the top 10 most allergy friendly like cities in the country. But when we travel, I've traveled enough that if the, if the staff that I'm talking to even looks like, or acts like they don't know what I'm talking about, I'm like, uh, I'm like, we, we gotta go. Like, it makes me so nervous. Like I've had enough bad experiences. So eating out is one of those things that I actually don't like to do when I travel, because I don't know how savvy, like, I remember going to Chipotle in Vegas and Chipotle here in Phoenix is amazing. And in Vegas, 
three of the workers looked at me like I had two heads. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, this is the first day we literally just got here. And I do not want to be sick for the rest of our trip. We were there for like four days. Yeah. She, uh, Chipotle was a big one for her too. She's a little bit more shy and timid than I am. So usually I would order her food as if it was my food because I would not be as shy to be like, no, I said, change your gloves. I don't like <laughs> definitively. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually, I used to be, at least I think I used to think of myself as being a meek person, but being a mama bear, nope. And it makes me so uncomfortable, but I do it. All right. So I normally like to stay at like Airbnbs with kitchens or hotel rooms with fridges. I'll even bring a cooler with dry ice for my food. If like the hotel doesn't have a fridge and I'll just go to a grocery store and buy more. Like I just, I'm, it's not worth it to me to risk it. And if we're, even if we're staying with family and friends, like if they're not willing to like scrub their kitchen and disinfect, I'm bringing my own little cooler with a little, like basically a refrigerator. <laughs> and then when I bake in shared spaces, I do the same thing with aluminum disposable pans with lids. That's super important because again, like I'm not going to go in and like get oven cleaner and scrub somebody's stove. Like I'm, I'm not that forward. But I will be rude and like go into a kitchen and I will check their cleaner to make sure it doesn't have gluten in it. Right. Their counter, their countertop cleaner. And then I will clean the kitchen spotless because I'm like, I don't want any crumbs. I don't want anything. And I know I'm comfortable when I know that it's clean. But that means you're also cleaning for them. So I mean, they got to appreciate that. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, some people get offended. Some people get offended. I I don't get it. If you want to clean for me, like Thank you very much. I'll sit here and drink my (laughs) wine. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for offering to do this episode with me. I love being able to share your perspective and just how seriously you took it for someone that's not yourself. And you're going to be joining me in our next episode as well, because you do eat gluten and I have not eaten gluten in like a decade. So we're going to share like our five favorite swaps for the most, like the hardest to replace gluten items or gluten-free items, I should say. (laughs) So is there anything else that you would like to share with those family members who feel reluctant to change the way that they eat and the way that they do things in their home for their loved ones? So the truth of the matter is it was not as daunting as I thought it was going to be. Um, Originally, I was miserable at the thought. Uh, but it actually led me to eat healthier. I ate more whole foods, which are vitally more important than, you know, the amount of pizza I used to consume. So I actually led me to not only eat healthier, it also made me a better cook overall, because I'm now trying to take whole foods and break them down. So I ended up cooking better food, saving money in the long run. So there is a benefit to it. Truth of the matter is like educate yourself, like find out the truth behind contamination and what the maladextarin is or what these chemicals are and may or may not include it in them, right? So like speak to people who you know have gone through it. And like I myself pretty much have reinvented the wheel because I was flying blind for the most part. So end of the day, don't be me. Like speak to somebody or hire me. I'll I'll help. I'll shorten that learning curve. I got all the handouts, all of the all the recipes, all the stuff to get you started. If you are struggling with this and you are daunted, like you don't have to fly blind. You don't have to spend hours and hours and hours on the internet and make a bunch of mistakes. You can hire a coach who can give you everything you need to get started. Thank you again for joining us. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.